Hey, what's up, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, Slizzy, State of the New York Knicks podcast. I'm extremely excited to give y'all this podcast segment featuring Jonathan Macri of the Knicks. And I, 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 I can't even express how honored I am in order to record this podcast with him so i appreciate everybody tuning in appreciate the love and support now tune in all right i appreciate (laughs) sorry about that um state of the new york knicks podcast i appreciate everybody that tunes in i have the new york knicks Podcast GOAT, Jonathan Macri in the building. I want to know your vibes for today. I want to know how you feeling hours before the NBA draft, before I get into my three questions for you today. Sure. Um, I'm feeling good. Um, you know, I said, like, I recorded a podcast um, the night of the lottery, and my my initial thoughts that night were that I thought, and my, and my thoughts going into that night, like weeks before that night were that they needed to get a top three pick in the draft. Um, obviously they had no control over it, but I was like, if they could get a top three pick in the draft, then I'll be okay. Um, it'll, it would be a win in terms of like the percentages. Cause it was a less than less than 40% chance of that happening. They got a top three pick. And that's why I really, for like the last, whatever it's been like five or six weeks um, since that night, I've been feeling okay because yes. you know, yeah. it, no, like, I don't I don't think, you know, Ja or or RJ is maybe the sure thing that some people do, but they're they're incredibly safe bets um in comparison to some of the other guys. Um I've been coming around on Darius Garland a little bit lately, but um, you know, so that's why like I am I think I'm good and I, I really the most important thing for me is that, you know, this this organization in the past has done things that are that are not smart. They seem to be operating very differently <laughs> now. Yes, yeah. I'm confident that if for whatever reason they enter they exit tonight without um, you know, RJ or Ja, it's gonna be because somebody blew them away with an offer that just like too good to be true. And I, I think I would be like unlike some people who are like just, you know, Pick whoever's there. Don't don't yeah. gain any trade offers. I would I, I would be up for the right deal. Yeah. So I agree with you. Before I go into my three questions, um, I agree with you. I always listen to your podcast, so it helps me get an extra insight about the Knicks. Um, I remember a couple weeks back you said on a podcast that the Knicks want to have their cake and eat it too, <laughs> meaning we get a max free agent or get two max free agents while keeping the kids and, you know, kind of having these veterans come in and help the kids learn how to win while winning at the same time. So I'm very ecstatic about this year's draft. I'm excited we didn't drop out of the top five. I'm pretty sure a lot of Nick fans are. I'm a fan of Ja and RJ, just like you. Um, so I definitely agree. Um now into my first question. Um, after following you since I've started doing my podcast, um, you were one of the people that motivated me in order to do it. You know, after listening to you every night, 
after seventeen and sixty five season. Was it was it that bad? I think it was that bad. Oh, it was so bad. Um, I was doing podcast segments, and it stressed me out that I had to, you know, try to pick and find positives after every loss. I'm, I'm, I want to know what was your motivation behind starting your podcast and how it helped you, you know, guide yourself through these losing seasons and how it helps you keep a positive perspective of things. Um, well, first of all, thank you for those kind words. I, I can't tell you how much hey, you that, welcome, that means to me, seriously. <laughs> um, gosh, what's what in voted? Well, I guess the best way to answer this is like it's kind of two twofold. Um, number one, I guess the, the biggest thing is like I like literally thousands of people out there, um, would love nothing more than to someday be able to just create content um for a living and be able to to for that to be you know what i what i do every day and and i feel incredibly blessed that i have um like as i say all the time on my own podcast like i'm a teacher that's what i do during the day and then i you know fill in the gaps with this stuff in the morning whenever i can grab a minute here or there during the day and then at night weekends whatever um yeah and i you know, um, I'm in a position that allows me to do that. And I have a, a wife that allows me to do that. But like, I would love to do this for a living. So part of it was, was simply part of that, because I had, I had been writing for a few years, but the podcast I just felt was a, like a natural step. But at the same time, if it's one thing I didn't want, and it's why I like, it took me a while to, to, to get to the point where I wanted to start a pod is I just, I didn't want to be just like another podcast because there's, I mean, there's, there's so many of them. <laughs> yeah. That, and, you know, there's a lot of good ones, um, a lot of really good ones. Um, and, and I just, I knew if I was going to do it, um, I wanted to do it a certain way and I wanted to do it right. So then, you know, when me and JB, who, you know, I partner with, with, with Nick's film school, when yeah. we started talking, I guess, God, a little bit more than a year ago now about going out together and, and really trying to do something special. Um, at, we, we shared a lot of ideas and we kind of crafted a vision for what we, what we thought the whole site could be. And, and, and now it's obviously moved into, we're doing like the newsletter and we still have the podcast and everything. Um, yeah. I just had to feel good that I was going to be able to like do something that I would want to listen to. Um, and I, I know it's not always perfect, um, but it's, I, you know, it's a, I love it. And, uh, um, I think it's been pretty good. I can't believe it. I just, um, it's funny. You, we're talking now because I'm in the process of recording my hundredth episode today. And I say, oh, congrats, in, congrats. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> and I say in the process because I'm doing, I've never done this before. I don't know if it's going to work or if it's going to be terrible. Um, doing like little segments throughout the day at th since today's draft day, obviously, and then piecing them together. So it could be an absolute dumpster fire, um, or it could be okay. We'll find <laughs> out. But yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been crazy, but it's been fun. So I guess that's probably the best answer I could give. Thank, thank you, man. Thank you, man. So love love the answer, man. Gives me a little insight perspective. You know, myself, I work in the hospital during the day, so I try to use the podcast and I listen to other podcasts to try to, you know, keep away from the stresses that a hospital brings, you know, each 
day. You know, I hear that. About your work day. Um, my second question was, do you get a sense, because me and my co-host, Mr. Mitchell, shout outs to you, brother, from Australia, um, we was thinking about the Knicks as far as trading back into the first round of the NBA draft. And I know you got a couple of sleepers. My sleepers is Darius Baisley, um, Jalen LaQuay from Brewster Academy in, in New Jersey. And I got Ball Ball, who should go later in the first round. Um, do you have a sense that the Knicks would trade back into the first round or the second round to grab an extra first round pick. And the second part of that question is, do you, do you have a sense of who they might like or what position they might go for if they do get back into the first and second round? Um, first of all, my apologies. As, and if anybody did not believe me that I am a teacher, but hey, just heard <laughs> it's my, right. school, my school boil, uh, which is, goes off at, what time, I don't even know what time it is, 4.30. I'm just like killing it's, time. It's, it's about 4.30 tonight. Um, so oh, let me, yeah. let me try to answer. I don't know. Um, what's the best way to answer that question? So I think in terms of, do I think that they will, will trade back into the draft to a spot that they don't currently have? Obviously it's right now it's just three and 55. Um, I think it all depends on if you think they're going to trade Frank tonight. And, you know, I guess by the time people are listening to this, we'll, we'll know. So, um, if I have to make a prediction, I, there's probably a 50-50 chance that I'm going to be wrong. I, I'm i going to give the my honest answer, and it's not the answer that I want to give, but it's the answer that um, I think is, is – Yeah, I kind of yeah, think I know it, where you're going. I, I just, I'll let you go there. I, I think they're going to move him, um, and I say that having been just a massive believer of him in terms of what he's capable of, um, and I, I think – I have a lot of thoughts on Frank, which is not, not relevant right now, but I think the point is I think they've made enough of an internal decision that if they feel like they could get um, a good value, and I do think that late first, early second round um, is going to be good value. It, in terms of where, I was actually just having a conversation on our Slack channel with a couple people about, you know, like, yeah. well, if they trade Frank, it has to be for a first-round pick. Well, you know, if the options are to trade him to like San Antonio at 29 or, you know, um, like Golden State at 28 or 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 as uh, opposed to Phoenix at 32 or if like yeah. even Atlanta at 35, like the difference between the nice thing about a second round pick as opposed to a first is in terms of what you could do with the with the salary. salary. Um, there's some other little, you know benefits i mean it's it's very cheap to to sign a second rounder you have a little bit more control over what you're going to do with that contract so i have a funny feeling that it will wind up being for an early second rounder um in terms of who i would think about taking i mean you mentioned basically i he's you know it would be on brand right um after a year after taking um a very talented kid who sat out of college for a year they take another very talented kid who sat out of college for a year um, yep, yep. That said, I while I think that Perry Scott Perry bets on talent and specifically like really good athletic talent as much as anyone any GM out there, 
I wonder if they wouldn't be more in like looking to get someone who could play, you know, or I mean, not, not play right away, who could contribute right away. And dare I say, contribute to winning right away, which obviously is an incredible rarity uh, for rookies um, in terms of who that player might be, man. Um, Eric Pascal out of Villanova is a name. Um who I think is really interesting. I don't think Nick Claxton from Georgia will fall that far, but he's another guy that I would look at. Um, yeah. The the kid from Auburn who's going to be out for a year, Okiki, but he's probably going to go earlier than that, I would imagine. Those are some of – like yeah. Grant Williams, a lot of people are huge fans of. I mean, I, that would probably be, honestly, like if they, if they got their hands on Grant Williams, but I, I have to think Williams goes in the first round. It's like, again – all of the guys that you people are hoping will slip to the second round are probably going to go in the mid to late first. So you're going to be looking, you know, at other guys. Um, those would be some names that I would probably keep an eye on. Oh, and one more, um, Daniel Gafford, his, he's like, again, a really athletic guy. I could see Perry going that route. Cause again, it's like a lot of potential there, but, and like yeah. his, his stock has fallen. He hasn't put it together. Like I totally get that. Um, yeah. So there's some names for you. <laughs> All right, that that's cool. I, I was thinking of some of those guys too. You know, Perry and Mo is the draft guys who are not really looked at. Guys who somehow slip, fall through the cracks, hasn't gone to college, or they go away to college. They go to college and something happens, some misfortune, a la uh, yeah. Jackson, a la Alonzo sure. Trier, Mitch Robinson. Um. My third and last question, and I'll let you get out of here. Um, the Knicks are presumably going for R.J. Barrett with the third pick in this year's NBA draft. Safe to assume. What player on the New York Knicks right now do you believe R.J. Barrett will have the most positive effect on going into next season? For me, I have Kevin Knox because Kevin Knox, like I said all the time, t- was used 10% under 10% in isolation basketball in college by Calipari. He's more of an off-ball player. I feel like RJ's more of an on-ball player. Do you have an idea of what player that is that RJ Barrett will affect most in a positive way? I, th- I think that's a really interesting – it's a good question. It's an interesting question because I think the answer necessarily depends on what role RJ Barrett is going to play. And I think – that question will determine first and foremost whether or not RJ Barrett is going to positively influence like himself, if that makes any sense. Because I think, you know, yeah. it's going to be really interesting whether or not they end up getting, you know, getting really lucky and, and, and you know, on the off chance they land Kawhi or in the much likelier scenario that they don't land anybody, you know, who at least is going to play next year. I'm putting Durant in aside for a minute. Um, RJ's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. And I think of that and I think of what he could do, you know, at his size, he needs to be reined in. And I just got off my own pod talking about, talking about this with Spencer Perlman, um, and whether or not Fizz is going to be the guy to rein him in. I think Knox is a good answer. The guy that I really am, am excited to see him play with, though, is is Dennis Smith Jr. And, you know, Dennis Smith Jr. is like the one guy that I feel like 
not that nobody's talking about him, but he's it's like we forget that he showed some like really I mean, granted, some of the advanced metrics when he first came here were just beyond awful. Like his yeah. the on off numbers, like the offensive rating for the team, like the first ten games he was here was just utterly dreadful. But then he started to get the hang of the offense a little bit. He started to put it together and then he got hurt. But like this is still a super talented kid that I think the Mavericks had the right idea in pairing him with someone that was going to take off some of the ball handling load. I just, I don't, I think it, they went, it went too far because Luca's like, you want the ball in his hands all the time. And then it went too much in the other direction. I think pairing Smith with RJ Barrett and still having Smith be like the primary ball handler, but having somebody else on the court that could like do stuff with the ball to me, that's like super exciting. Um, you know, I that's that's why like I'm like people are are some people are excited about like oh if John Morant falls just take him. Well, to me that's not a waste, but like you're I don't think you know him and him and Dennis Smith Jr. could coexist together. Smith and Barrett could coexist beautifully, I think. You know, obviously they both need to work on their shooting that needs to improve on both on both of their accounts, but yeah. So I would say Smith definitely Dennis Smith Jr. for sure. I definitely agree. Dennis Smith Jr. is an enigma. It's funny. Fans are split on him. One day, fans don't want him. Next day, fans want him. So, understandable. Real quick, I want to know your percentage, and then I'm going to let sure. you go. What is what is your percentage of Kevin Durant coming to the Knicks? Oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> uh, I... Right now, let me just say that I'm optimistic. Um, okay. I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic. I think there's a. Obviously, I can come back and bite me in the the rear end. I, I think there's a there's a better than fifty fifty shot um, that he comes. Um, I really, I really do. I think he wants to come. I think the fact that there's been these stories that have come out today about um, the possibility of the Warriors doing a sign and trade or a sign and then like wait six months and then trade him. Um, I think that's really interesting. It, it would lead me to believe that again, he wants to be a Nick and it's like, he's just, there's, he, there's some part of him that's not sure um, or is not maybe having second thoughts, but like maybe he wants, he wants to be really sure. So I, I think he comes, um, but again, what do I know? I don't. I honestly, I, don't, I really don't think he knows for sure. I think he's still in the process of figuring that out, and nothing would surprise me. Um, you know, like if you're telling me he he ended up on the Nets, if you're telling me he signed a one year deal with the Warriors, signed a five year deal with the Warriors, signed with the Clippers, like literally, almost nothing would surprise me. Um, but yeah, I think he ends up with the Knicks. All right, thank you, Mr. Jonathan Macri, aka the podcast Knicks. <laughs> I'm really I appreciate you. <laughs> you. I appreciate you, man. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Shout out to the Knicks, Macri. Do you have any new podcasts coming out today or tomorrow? I can listen to. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I don't know. It's. It'll probably be super late tonight. I'm gonna drop. Uh, like I said, the the hundredth uh, episode of the podcast, um, which 
hopefully it works as I'm envisioning it working, um, or it's going to be a complete mess. Either way, the hundredth episode of the podcast will be out um, uh, by, I guess, the end of draft night. And then, uh, yeah, just you know, anybody listening, you know, give us a, a follow on Twitter. I'm at uh, JC Macri NBA, and um, if you're not subscribed to the Knicks Film School newsletter. You could you could do that. There's a, a link in my page. Yes, There's a link please. in JB's page. That obviously, the next film school main account. Um, it's free, um, and it's everything. Hopefully, that you could possibly want if you're a Knicks fan and you uh, you know want to get your your fill on a daily basis. So that's really it, man. I just really appreciate you having me on, and I'm like seriously honored by um, everything uh, that you said. And uh, I am not worthy of any of this praise, but I I. Uh, <laughs> I humbly, you humbly all, accept it, and uh, I really, really, truly do appreciate it. Thanks. All right, all right. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Macri, once again. Thank you, everybody. I appreciate it. See you guys next time. Stay to the New York Knicks podcast.